The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm so absolutely delighted to have you with us today. We're going to have a really fun program for you today, so you know, hang on. This show is brought to you by Valenta Slim Roast Coffee. Some of you struggle with your weight on a continual basis. Um, I have been doing that too. Start drinking some Slim Roast Coffee and stop struggling. Go to the self-improvement blog to learn more about that. And while you're there, look at the picture of today's guest. Read her bio and watch the videos in the right sidebar. You'll be so glad that you did that. We just talked very briefly about struggling with our weight. You know, we all have struggles. Some big, some not so big, but struggles just the same. We struggle with our job and income. We struggle with our weight, our physical health. We struggle with relationships, self-esteem issues, sometimes with depression. And it seems like with some of the struggles, there's just no way to break the cycle. Excuse the triteness that I'm about to gauge in. (laughs) You'll know what I mean. But some struggles just keep on keeping on. And we get sick and tired of being sick and tired or of just being poor or depressed or fat or alone, whatever your struggle is. Some people give up and just don't try anymore to change it. But some do struggle against their struggles and win. We're going to talk with Helen Wu today about winning the battle with our struggles. And she knows what she's talking about. Helen Wu's personal struggles include self-esteem issues, depression, grief, abuse, addiction, betrayal, personal and financial loss, and devastation. That's a lot of struggles. Though she knows what that though she knows that it's easier said than done, she believes that letting go of the baggage, the anger and resentment from the past, and forgiving and moving on with a positive attitude is vital to achieving success. That's why she has written her new book, Self-Aid, Inspirations to Turn Struggles into Success, and hosts her radio show, Self-Aid Success Stories. Her purpose in life is to inspire and encourage others to triumph over their struggles. Helen wants to be a reminder that keeping a positive attitude 
is very important while conquering all of life's challenges and uses her self-aid program to help others discover their next step in living their life purpose to to achieve their personal and business success. You can learn more about Helen and Self-Aid at www.selfaidwithhelenwu.com. You can find that link on the Self-Improvement blog as well. And now it is my absolute privilege to welcome Helen Wu to the Self-Improvement Show. Helen, welcome. Thank you, Irene, for the nice uh, introduction. How are you? I'm so so grateful to be here. Oh, I'm so delighted to have you here because, you know, I totally agree with you about positive thinking and how critical that is to any kind of success. But let's start at the beginning, and I'm going to ask you that question that everybody's learned to, you know, loves to hate here. Tell us about yourself. Who is Helen Wu? Who is Helen Wu? Well, uh, that is definitely a loaded question. I'm a lot of things. Um, I think the main thing that I am is... um, with inside of me, I found my higher power. I am resilient. I am persistent. I am, um, I am a person of faith. I just basically am completely, completely the authentic me. Um, I think that it takes years and sometimes, you know, just a lot of struggles to find the complete, authentic self. And I discovered that through all my struggles. Yeah, I'm wondering, as you say that, if can you really learn to know who you are without struggles? Well, in my in my experience, no. Um, I I I can't say speak for everyone else, right? But in my experience, I had to go through all that I went through to be the complete me. I mean, each struggle I went through in my life, and boy, was it a lot. Because I'll be like, I I feel sometimes like from experience alone, I feel I'm 85, 90 years old. Except I'm so youthful and so happy at my 45 years of age right now. Um, but. Through experience, I feel that I've gone through so much. And at times I said, why me, why me, and why is this happening to me? Why again, and why more severe? And all these questions came up, but I do know why today. Today, I say that I went through these struggles because it made me better. It made me explore who I am, and it made me find my complete, complete life purpose. I love my life with passion. I live my life with a purpose now. I know exactly this journey where I need to be every moment of it. I know it's not going to be easy, but it is called a journey for a reason. We go through the the ups and the downs of life. Hills and the valleys. Now, I'm almost of the opinion at this point that it's in the struggles that we learn the most. You know, you don't learn too much when everything is calm and lovely and wonderful. <laughs> Certainly you do. You <laughs> well, learn a yeah, lot about I, yourself. I, I can definitely but, speak from experience. But you, you had department. an interesting start because you grew up in a traditional Chinese family in America. Now, that had to be really different from what most of us who had families that had been here for a long, long times. Know, several generations. It had to be really different. What was it like growing up in a Chinese family in America well, when your friends, you know, really didn't know exactly where you were coming from? Well, for me, I mean, because there are some Chinese-born, um, excuse me, Chinese-American-born 
uh, friends that I grew up with, but their parents were a little bit more American. My parents, literally my mom was pregnant and had me less than two months after their arrival to America. She had so, scared and disoriented at that point. Yes, and, and they don't speak a word of English. And so it's like I was born. My sister was already born. She's one year older than I was, than I am. And she was born in Taiwan, the Republic of China. Um, At this point, because we're from such a traditional Chinese family, they were expecting a boy. You know, for the Chinese, especially the old school, very traditional Chinese families, each family must have a boy to show their success, to show their power, to show their that you know they mean something to this world. I'm sorry, but this old school culture it. Oh yes, oh they do. I've been to Taiwan and met you know some. They they were a little more updated than that, but definitely a boy was the honored one. So you were a girl. You must have been. Excuse me, but a disappointment. I was a complete disappointment, Irene. <laughs> I, I, you know, notice I could say that with a laugh today because yes, uh, I went through the... a long time. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. It seems we had just a little git glitch there. You know how sometimes the Internet doesn't always want to cooperate. Well, it decided not to. We were right in the middle of having Helen Wu tell us about what it was like being in a traditional Chinese family in America and that she was a disappointment because she wasn't a boy. And you were telling us how that felt and how... You overcame it, Helen. Tell us a little bit more about that and a little bit more about growing up in that family in America. 
Okay, well, um, Irene, my family already had the little princess. She was born in the Republic of China, and then they get to America, and I'm born two months later, or less than two months later. And the disappointment is that just out of, you know, their assumption, I was supposed to be a boy. You know, back then, I don't know if they could have, you know, whether or not they had the machines so you could tell, uh, do a sonogram or, uh, you know, ultrasound, if there's a boy or girl. Even so, they were not of, you know, people with money at that point in their lives to be able to afford that. So, of course, they just assumed I was a boy. I came out, and wow, was I a disappointment. To grow up in that household, and I don't hold any grudges, I love my family so very much. I'm just going back into the past to tell you that I was told at a very young age that I was the unwanted child. So, it wasn't just my assumption. Yeah, I was actually told. Uh, and my mom would, would do it in many joke versions. She would say stuff like, your sister's born in Taiwan. And finally, they tried for another. So my younger brother is the boy of the house. you know. And so she would say, your sister's born in uh, Taiwan. Your brother's born in America. And you were picked up in a garbage can. And, oh, my you know, goodness. <laughs> there were comments like that. And she would laugh it off. When she saw my eyes, because there's an expression in my face, obviously, I was just like sad and like just, you know, honestly, I didn't know how to describe those emotions today. I call it disgust. But then I just was like in shock because I love my family and wanted to be I wanted to be accepted so badly because I knew that my brother and my sister were. And I just knew I knew as a very, 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 very young child that I was not accepted. And, you know, it just for the rest of my life or for the rest of my childhood life up into my late teen years, I was struggling with this very, very seriously struggling with this because I held so much resentment that in my teenage years, I I rebelled so badly, Irene. Oh, boy, did I rebel. I don't know how you could not have. You know, either that or become kind of a, you know, little, what I want to term a dish rag. You know, I just, uh, I, does your mother realize now what she uh, was To be honest with you, no. I'll tell you why. I look back, and I'm not a psychiatrist by any means, but I will look back and tell you right now that my mother was only 19 years old when she had me. She was 18 when she had my sister, 19 when she had me. And the silly, no offense, stupid things that I would do at 18, 19, I have to excuse my mother and forgive her because yeah. I did some stupid things myself in my youth. And if my mother doesn't remember or if she's blocked it out of her mind or in, if she's in denial, it's not her fault. Every one of us, and that's what I learned through the years, especially the last 10 years of my life, every one of us goes through a different journey. Every one of us makes mistakes. Every one of us grows up in, in our due time. And if we do happen to put some things into the back of our brain when we don't remember it, that's for whatever our, our own uh, security or defense mechanisms, I don't mind because I've never heard an apology. However, my heart forgives completely. How are they with you now? I love my family very much, but here's the thing. It's still traditional, meaning there's no hugging, there's no kissing, there, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no serious affection. Affection. Just, you know, smiles at each other, uh, gen- general conversation. We don't get specific. We don't talk about deep emotions. Um, that is very Chinese. It's very basic conversation. 
How was everything today? What did you do last week? You know, and they, they live in Northern California. I live in Southern. My whole family actually um, live in Northern California, and I'm in beautiful, sunny Southern California. I love it. <laughs> I like the way you say that. <laughs> I love it here. I just love the weather. San Francisco is fabulous, but I'm not a San Francisco weather girl these days. <laughs> oh, it, it gets a little chilly up there. Um, and nice and warm down in the southern part of California. Yeah, oh. I'm, a, I'm a tennis nut, so this weather in Southern California suits suits my my hobby. <laughs> yeah, well, you had, you had a tough start, but it well, was definitely been in China, and you wouldn't have had some of the the buffers that we have in this country. There must have been some things that softened that a little after you got to school. Well, you know, I realized that at home I couldn't be myself and outside I could, which is usually the opposite for so many people. People right. usually have a facade or or a certain, you know, first impression type of behavior they have to give others uh, in, the, in public places and in public areas and not in the immediate family, and that they could be their complete selves in their own home. I was the opposite. I couldn't be myself at home because I was, I was uh, criticized for it and I was condemned for it, for being too expressive, for being like really, really wildly um, happy or wildly jumping for joy if I feel like laughing. It, I have to re- be more reserved. Um, also in my culture, they want us women to be more quiet, more prim and proper, more, and I'm not saying I'm not proper, I, I, I have a lot of politeness and manners, but I love to express myself. And when you see me talking, um, if you see me in person, I use my hands, I, you know, turn my face left and right, I'm just very expressive. And this is not taught to us. We're taught to really have like almost a deadpan face. Uh, do not move the face and the head when we're talking. Do not use your hands. Really just look one direction. Really to be very reserved. As a woman in the Chinese old-fashioned, old-school culture, we were supposed to speak when spoken to. And no, there, n- never any other time. And no, uh, unless, unless you're in your, the privacy of your own home. And then, my even mom, then, it wasn't that free. It was free. loud at home. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But you had a lot of struggles. Tell us about some of the things that you met in your growing up that were pretty tough to, to overcome. Well, um, aside from rebelling and making a lot of those choices and mistakes in my teenage years, is because I was so, so rebelling from the, the first 15, 16 years of my life. So I rebelled. People looked at me as, oh, she's the bad girl. She's this, she's that. But honestly, I was this really, really, what I felt was the unloved girl that was wanting to show everyone that I, I was hurt. You know, and that was my way of lashing out, this rebellious uh, phase, going out with the wrong group, hanging out with the motorcycle gang, trying drugs, doing, I mean, doing all those rebellious things that I shouldn't, I knew I was not supposed to do. I did it to make 
uh, an, an impact. Yet I didn't realize that it hurt me more than it would hurt my mom. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to lash out, but no, instead it really hurts me in the long run. So thank goodness, um, something in my head, something happened, and I just wanted out. Within maybe a year and a half, I really stopped all the crazy nutty stuff, you know, hanging out with the real, real bad boys, um, the, the drug addicts and all that, you know, it just was, uh, a year and a half or two of my life that I really wanted to be that so-called quote and unquote bad girl. Well, it you was know, a um, way to get attention, even if it was the kind of loving really attention that you wanted, that you craved, you still got attention. Well, here's the thing. I had A's and B's like my sister. We were always back to back uh, every semester with, you know, the A's and B's and, you know, 3.5 or higher average, right? But here's the problem. I would never get any recognition for it, but my sister always got it. I just was wondering, why is this household, why does this household work like this? Why does my sister keep getting recognized for everything she does right? And I keep getting condemned for everything. It didn't make sense in my world. In my head, I saw so much unfairness. And in reality, me looking back as an adult, there was unfairness. And was it my mom's fault? She might have created it, but you know what? She was in her own turmoil within her own emotional self, you know? And I have to, as an adult today, excuse her for it. I forgive. You know, she was on her own journey. She was a teenager, did not want to be in America. She did not want to leave her home. She associates me with the worst time of her life. They have no more money because they spent it all trying to get to America. Um, they had no insurance, and I was the first baby born in America. You know, and there's so many things she associates me with, like the worst time of her life. And that's a heavy load. You, it's good that you can understand where she was coming from, but it's certainly... It, it would be big denial to say that it didn't happen and that it was fair. However, well, <laughs> it looks to me like you came out on the other side pretty good. Well, I think that what I did was uh, years and years of hating and getting angry. And, and, you know, when you are so upset and are unable to let go of that pain, uh, you keep repeating the same mistakes like I did. You know, I would get myself involved with, you know, whether the relationships that don't work or I would just not, just, I'm not completely happy. I, I held so much resentment in my heart and I realized the more I let go, the happier I was. And so, and also what I realized, like what you just said earlier, I go into my mom's shoes when she was a young lady and I go into what she may be feeling when she did all these mistakes on her end. You know, I do not judge. She made her own bad choices. Like I made my own bad choices. We all, I am not in denial at all. One of the things that I learned through the years is snapping out of that denial phase and stop playing the victim. Because I oh, am the yes. victor and I know it. <laughs> you know, that's what, how I go into what life What began now. to turn you around? Was there a single thing or was it just a gradually, re- gradual realization that there was something that you could do to change the way you felt? Well, I would say more or less it's gradual, but there was one thing that always empowered me and that was laughter. Um, I found myself laughing in public with friends, with schoolmates, classmates, teachers, aunties, uncles. Outside of the immediate family, I found so much laughter, and I found that I love to make people laugh, and I love to laugh with them, laugh at their jokes, and just really loved 
that feeling of being what I thought was fully myself, uninhibited laughter is so great. Then I had to close up and I had to be more reserved at home. That's where I did not find my peace. Talk a little and, bit about your your love for the Helen the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I need to ask you, did you ever get in contact with Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> I did the getting in contact with Ellen. Um, you know what? I sent her a couple books. Hopefully, uh, hopefully one of her people, because she's got so many people sending her things today. She was the reason. She was the first thing that started my progress out of my serious deep dark depression and I will always thank her for it she was uh literally I turned on the tv and mind you at this point in my life I was crying seven days a week and every waking hour I just couldn't control the tears dripping down my face I just could not control the misery that I felt inside of me I felt so dark I felt like there was always a cloud on top of me I felt a dark cloud you know and I felt just not like getting out of the excuse me, I can't even say bed, getting off of the couch. I was on the couch constantly. That's where I sat all day. That's where I slept. That's where I tried to sleep when I had insomnia, because you get insomnia when you're depressed. And so instead of sleeping throughout the night, I would have occasional naps because I'm so exhausted throughout the day. And how were, um, you doing, how were you making a living during all of that? How did you survive financially? I did so many things throughout my life um, that, you know, I had, I don't know. I I think what I still was able to do is I think maybe that's a, I don't know if it's a natural trait. I was still able to put on a smile on my face when I was in public. I was able to still get through the day in public, but no one would see because I would not explain it. I would not show it. I would not tell because I was not used to being on that side. I have always been that shoulder that my friends cry on. I have always been that go-to person when people need advice or need some, uh, just a little bit of pick-me-up, cheering up. Um, I was always someone's cheerleader. Suddenly, I found myself wanting to cry, wanting to be, I mean, I was so low. This feeling, it was so dark. Then I caught Ellen DeGeneres one hour of her show, and I fell laughter again. And that woke me up. It woke me up. I said, oh, my goodness, if I could laugh for one hour, throughout this one-hour span, I felt alive again. I said, oh, my goodness, if I could do this for one hour, I can do it for the rest of the day. So I started looking for itsy-bitsy little things, the inspirational quotes in my book that pick me up because words are so powerful to me. When I read words from these philosophers, these people dead and alive, from these amazing people, the leaders of the world, um, that inspired me. I took their words and I chose to live it the way I saw it. And then those became my wooisms and those made up my, those make up my book now. <laughs> and at so that point, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about and hear some wooism. So stay tuned for more of the Self Improvement Show. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. 
Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Helen Wu, who's written a wonderful book called Self-Aid. And in this book, she has quotations from a lot of people, important, wonderful quotations, and then her Wu-isms. And these are wonderful. He- uh, Helen, tell us about Wu-isms. What are they? How did you start doing Wu-isms? You know, let's just... For Give me, I mean, uh, well, Wooisms was labeled by a friend of mine. Also, she's a she's the one who uh, helped me edit my book, but she's also a dear friend. Uh, she said, "Oh my goodness, let's do a play on words. Let's call your words Wooisms." I said, "Okay," and it just kind of was created that way. But Wooisms started. They're my affirmations. They're the words that inspire me daily. They're the words that make me happy when I'm not feeling so happy. They're the words that pick me up when I'm not in a good mood. And they're the words that inspire me even if I feel inspired already. So these are the words and the thoughts that I play out through my days, through my life, um, the things that I say to ensure myself that it's going to be okay. These are my words, my thoughts, and my actions put into words. And those are with the Wooisms. And do you always have them following somebody else's quotes or do you have a a series of them that just come to you and those are yours absolutely? Most definitely. I had so, okay, the editing process was so difficult because I had to let go of so many things. Um, because I said, okay, it can't be that big a book. Because when I was uh, in the depression, I'm not saying I'm offering this book just to people who have gone through depression or are going through it. I am saying that when I was going through a depression, when I'm going through a downtime in my life, I don't really want to pick up a 500 page book. 
Oh, it's, no. Yeah, I want to make it easy reading, simple reading, something that will just stick in your head or in your heart for, for that moment so that it can encourage you somehow, it can inspire you somehow, and or it could just bring a little smile on your face or a big one. And sometimes it could just put a big laugh on your face. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that I did this for a purpose. Um, I am, first of all, a very simple person. I'm not that complicated. I'm a deep, deep human being, but I'm not that complicated. I want people to know that life can be easy. If we try to make it easy, we can make it easy. That doesn't have to be as complicated as everyone says it is. Can you give us a few wooisms? Let's do some wooisms. Oh, you know, definitely. Some, some, some that you wrote from somebody else's uh, quote and some of your very own. Well, I have like my very own everywhere in this book as well. Um, well, let's just let's, let me let me try to pick one up. I'm just going to open the page to anything. This is from Martin Luther King Jr. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Now, my wooism following this is: I believe in myself, and I hope and dream for a brighter tomorrow. One action at a time. I know that I am creating greatness. My progression starts today, and success is my result. And that's the wisdom. So pretty much it's what I take from it and my affirmation to keep reminding me, my goodness, all I have to do is, is a little step, one step at a time, and I'm there. And so and from my depression, from the struggles of resentment, from the struggles of so much stuff in my past, and my best friend betraying me and taking everything. She wiped me clean. Literally, she took everything from my account. I foreclosed six homes. I filed for bankruptcy. These are the pick-me-ups that really, really get me through my days. Wow. When you said you had some devastation, you really meant you had some devastation. Yes, I wasn't kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a a few more woo-isms. These are lovely. um, This is something I put on my bookmark today. Um, Good things come from making mistakes. I've learned I've grown and I've changed. Lo and behold, magic. And so these are important because I want to remind people that our mistakes can be the steps that we take to, not perfection, but to greatness. I want everyone to know that we can learn from our mistakes and actually be so empowered by our mistakes that we're such great people learning every day. And I call it magic. I call it magic. All the mistakes that I made in my life, I see it as magic today because it's made me who I am today. If we don't make mistakes, we haven't done anything. I mean, if you're doing something, you're going to make a mistake. You know, you just exactly. do. You know, like our little glitch at the beginning of the show. We really didn't have any control over that, but it was a mistake. And, hey, it worked out fine. No big deal. Uh, I've missed appointments before. I missed an appointment. It was a big appointment, and I felt really awful. And that night I found out that there had been a big there had been a murder just exactly almost where I was supposed to go. And I'm thinking, wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> that was a little bit of guidance. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so sometimes our mistakes are things that kind of happen to help us stay away from danger. Uh, I completely believe in that. I mean, honestly, if I didn't wake up and realize that I'm a, some people still feel that their mistakes, um, either if you're in denial about your mistakes, 
you will keep repeating the same mistakes. But once you start realizing that you can learn from them, I think we start growing. And I think that is so important because each and every one of us is here to grow. We're here to learn, get better at it, and be the best version of ourselves as possible. Oh, I totally agree with that. And and if if we're trying new things, if we're trying new approaches to things, if we're trying anything new, you know, it's a trial and error process. And, you know, that it didn't work the first time doesn't even mean you made a mistake. It just means exactly. you didn't find the right way yet. But a lot of people get all down and depressed and sad and poor me and the whole thing because they didn't make it the first time. I know a number of people like that. But yeah, I was like that. <laughs> I, mean, I was like that 20 years ago for sure. Even maybe even 15 years ago. You know, poor me, poor me, why me? Why is it always happening to me? You know, um, playing the victim card. Like, why? Why me? It only happens to me. You know, and when we're in that victim mode, we can't progress. We no, and everything does like, okay, seem to happen to me for a reason. And I'm it happens to people it. who have I'll to be it. perfect. If you have to be perfect... You know, you're going to have a lot of mistakes because yeah. <laughs> they're so big to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, don't Love believe that. in perfection at all. Uh, don't believe in it. Well, we, can, we can believe in aiming for perfection, you know, because I think the only perfect, perfect, perfect being is my greater power, you know, my high power. Uh, absolutely. And, and that's not who we are. We're here to learn. Exactly. If we don't learn something, we don't make mistakes. If we don't try, we don't make mistakes. But then where are you? Uh, back to square one. <laughs> now back to square one. We're all uh, gone you, many times. You got times. another wooism or two? Um, let's see. Another wooism. I'm going to throw in. Oh, this is under my integrity tab. But yes, I didn't mention to you all my um, self-aid acronym yet, but this one's under oh, integrity. Oh, yeah, let's go there next. Let's go there next. I've, okay, yeah. I'll read this one from Gandhi. Always aim at complete harmony of thought and word and deed. Always aim at purifying your thoughts and everything will be well. My wisdom to follow, view integrity to be your most prized possession. Being a good person starts with your thoughts and ends with your actions. Oh, that's nice. Yes. That's a good one. I'll, I'll find that one and um, put it on the blog. That's perfect. That's on page 122. Uh, 122. <laughs> I'll write that down. Um, the integrity chapter. So, yes, let's talk about the um, acronym for self-aid, if you like. Absolutely. Let's let's start with S. What, you know, self-aid, S. she spells it S-E-L-F-A-I-D. Some people put an E on the end of aid. It's not here, and that's fine. I I like it this way. It's, it's right this way. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely anyway, self-aid is the title of my book, Self-Aid Inspirations to Turn Struggles into Success is the full title. Now, the S in self-aid, which I do a program, these are my tools of just getting out of any challenge these days. The S stands for the title self-aid, self-help, helping myself daily and making myself a better person every day. The E in self-aid stands for esteem. And when I talk about esteem, I talk about confidence in myself, but also giving others esteem, uh, admiring others so I can learn from them versus being jealous and envious because we'll never learn that way and we'll never get better that way. I believe in confidence in myself and loving the confidence of others. Um, L has two chapters. L in self-aid stands for love and laughter. The two things you never leave home without. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. So, 
So when people see me, you know, and they see me talk and they see me do things, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of love and passion in it because that's just the way I live life now. People are like, whoa, she's so very animated. But it really is me. I genuinely love life. I genuinely love what I'm doing, whether it be tennis, whether it be taking care of my child, and, of course, um, living my life purpose right now. I love it with a passion. I found my life purpose, and I'm grateful. And laughter, we've been through that already. Laughter is everything to me. I am just so grateful that my son and I can do laughter yoga, and laughter yoga is when we can laugh for no reason at all. Um, we could do this by ourselves, too. Just look in the mirror and just start laughing out of control. You know, it's so therapeutic. It's so wonderful. Um, the F in self-aid is one of the toughest, toughest things for me, and I think for a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I know, maybe for the audience that are tuning in, the F is freedom, and that stands for being able to free ourselves of everything negative in our lives, like the resentment, like hatred, like um, the feeling of, uh, what's the word? I want to say I want to say uh, holding grudges because we do hold grudges sometimes for people who we think have hurt us, uh, have done some damage in our lives. We have to let go of all that. We have to let go of all the grudges, all the denial, and we have to learn to forgive them, and we have to learn to forgive ourselves. And that is one of the hardest things in life to do. But once we discover step by step, it's a pity. I don't ever expect anyone to do this overnight. I know I didn't. It took me years. But I believe that when we free ourselves from these things, these negative things that are holding us back, we feel this internal love, and we feel this internal peace and this happiness that really shines through. And it is beautiful, because that's when I found my transparency my complete self. Um, the A in self-aid stands for attitude. And today, like Buddha once said, you know, what's in your mind, you take it into your words, and what's into your words, you take it into your thoughts, I mean, excuse me, into your actions. And so bottom line is attitude is being able to be in a good mood, uh, positive, giving people a positive attitude, giving yourself being in a good mood. Like when I'm in a bad mood now, I realize that I could take that thought process of mine and I could try to change it. And I think that that is a habit forming thing. We have to try it and try it again and we get better and better at it. And so when we find ourselves in a down mood or something's not going right in the day, I know that it's not easy, but we can change our bad mood into a good, good, happy attitude. That's very important going into life. Uh, Absolutely critical. We're going to have to do I and D when we come back from I is integrity. Um, and that's the most attractive characteristic of anything I find in a human being, in myself, in my child, in my family members, my sister, my brothers, my friends, my business associates, um, and especially myself. I believe in integrity. I believe in being truthful, being completely me, doing the right thing, even if no one's watching. I just think that it's a, the most attractive trait in, my, in anyone's characteristic. Um, we need to go to break. When we come back, we'll do the D. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. Got it. Stay tuned. We're going to get back with the last letter in self-aid in just a moment. So stay with us. Success starts here. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who have turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Helen Wu, who's written a wonderful book called Self-Aid. Self-Aid is an acronym. We've gone through all of it except the D. Helen, what's the D in Self-Aid? The D is... It stands for dream, but this time in my life, because I've always said in my life, I have a dream, I hope I could do this, or I hope I could do that. In my, This is my dream, I hope I can do this one day. Um, the D is when I found my life purpose. I feel today that every one of us can find our life purpose, and I found it. And now I'm not just saying I have a dream. Now I am living my dream. The moment ah. that I realize what I'm here for, my life purpose, uh, and what I'm meant to do in this world, that is... Is now I'm in the journey and it's all part of the same dream. I'm in this world, in this lifetime, living my dream right now. And I bet people hearing you wish they could say the same thing. So many people are not living their dreams, some don't know what their dream is. Let me ask you this Is there one thing or several things you can say about yourself now? that you couldn't say about yourself 10 years ago? There are so many things, but I'm going to start with one. Um, Definitely the fact that I couldn't let go. The fact that I held on to resentment, so I kept making the same mistakes again. There were, you know, when I was hurt in my youth, when I was hurt in my young 20s, when I was hurt in my early days, I used to feel like, this person hurt me. They, they deserve the worst back. You know, karma will get them. Today, you know what I feel? Today, I feel that, oh, my goodness, I just send them love, and I hope that they get better, and I hope that their journey gets, you know, better in their own 
life right now. I send them goodness. I don't wish them ill will. You know, uh, before it's like an eye for an eye. You do this to my family, I'll do it to you. you do you see what I'm saying? It was a oh, I do. Completely different way of thinking. I can't even believe once upon a time that's how I was, but I was because I remember saying those words. How far you've come. I... I'm grateful. Oh, and that's the uh, last chapter, by the way, in my book, a gratitude chapter. So um, it's very important daily, even when I was going through a depression, it's very important that when you think you have nothing, you still remember you do have something. Sometimes it's important that you go through that and write those things down. And once you start writing, the list gets longer and longer, and usually you're the one that's surprised. Yes, <laughs> what yes. would you say is the most important thing you take with you from your journey on into the future? The most important thing I take with me is um, my faith. I believe that without my faith, I was almost suicidal. And so I am so grateful that through so much tragedy and so much trauma in my life that I found faith. I am so grateful for my faith. I love my God. I love my higher power more than I guess I can ever express. I just love it that much. And that's what kept me alive. And that's what's, that's my power that gave me strength to be who I am today to say, Hey, don't give up. Looking back at your journey there, I, I know you used a lot of different tools, a lot of different things as you learn them to help you come through this, you know, to help you heal from some of the trauma. And, and you did have some huge traumas in your childhood. There is absolutely no doubt about that. What, what do you life. consider the most important things or the most therapeutic things that helped you overcome some of the challenges if you if you met somebody now that was going through the pretty much the same things you did, what would you tell them to do? What worked for you the most? Well, that's the reason why I created Self Aid. I would give them a copy of the book and just tell them to not you don't even have to read the whole book. Just turn to a page and there's something in any page. Turn to any page because that message that you read that particular moment is the message you need it. And that's how I feel right now. Um, the tools that I use in self-aid, it's not just an acronym. It is everything to me on how I want to live my life, on how I want to help others, on how I want to better this world and make it a better place. Um, self-aid is everything to me. So this is the tool, the, the whole self-aid um, theme that I want to share with the world. But you didn't have that when you were going through well, it. How did you come, what led you to this kind of thinking? Because from what I am hearing, you were in a very, you said it, you were in a very dark place, a very negative place. How did you make the transition from such negative thinking to such positive well, thinking? You know, Let's learn that. It doesn't happen overnight, Irene. So the reason why self-aid is everything to me today is because I use these tools these days because every challenge that I encountered, Irene, I learned a little bit more. So 
every challenge that I encounter, I learn bits and pieces of my self-aid, of what, how I should take care of myself on the next challenge. That's why when my best friend stole everything from me and wiped me clean and put me in devastation mode, broke my heart more than anything else, and then for six or seven years to follow that, she put me in complete financial devastation, um, where I thought I was going to be living out in the streets with my infant child. So there was a lot of things. I was able to overcome that big, gigantic challenge much easier. No, I can't even say easy because it was not easy. But I was able to, to go into that challenge with these tools to always remind myself that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that I am going to get over this, this uh, big, giant obstacle, and I will be on the other end. And I knew I was going to overcome it. I knew I was going to fight this battle. It was not going to be easy, but I knew I was going to get on the other side because of self-hate, because I've learned all those years of challenges, all those years of what you call either suffering or traumas or struggles, I now know how to get myself together in a very, very big downfall. And this is a wonderful, positive book written by somebody who's been through it. We're right up to the end of the show, Helen. What's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Thank you so much for having me, Irene. It was a pleasure being on with you. Do you have a thought you'd like to leave with the listeners that's, you know, just a a, sort of a succinct little (laughs) woo-ism? Well, actually, yes. I want everyone to know that a little bit of self-aid a day can keep the ugly away. Oh, I like that. A little... A little self-aid a day can keep the ugly away. Yes, <laughs> That's I absolutely delightful. That, Next exist. week's guest is Katina Macris, who's going to talk about Lyme disease and how it changed her life. Helen, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on. Your enthusiasm should make everybody feel better. Um, and we hope that you just continue to write more and more wooisms. Thank you. Oh, please um, let your audience know you can find me on thehelenwu.com, and you can also find me on amazon.com if you want to get self-aid inspirations to turn struggles into success. Good. And if you want to find her radio show, just Google her, Helen Wu, W-O-O, Helen Wu radio show, and you'll go right to it. That's what I did, and it's easy to do. Wow. Oh, well, you still get me because I'm on hiatus. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I just, I yeah you still get Good. you. <laughs> this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Helen Wu, saying thank you for being with us today. And come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more 